Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Shirt Show! Shirt Show! All right! Episode 179 of Shirt Show! We're talking with Rodney and Elisa from Don't Lose Hope Spring Brand in Oregon. Hey, lady. Hi, how are you? So we are recording me and you today because our buddy Andy is... Obviously, everybody knows from the show that Andy has had a bad back and back issues. I'm sure we've mentioned it enough times. So he got a back transplant, right? He got a full back transplant with mechanical legs. He's going to look like the, the guy from Wild Wild West with the spider legs. That'll be cool. That'll so, be good for him. He'll probably be better at printing. That's he's in the quicker. process of recovering right now. So we are going to do a show or two um, until he's ready. Sounds good. So how's things with you? What's new? Um, I don't know if a lot of people know, but uh, it's been about a month. About a month ago, I started working for our friend Stephen Farrag at Campus Inc., um, working in the e-com and the ops world, uh, just trying to help athletes get paid for what they deserve, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've been doing a lot of stuff as far as setting up stores for them? or Yep, online stores, a lot with Shopify. Um, they have Neil, who is a freaking genius, and Steven's a genius for putting the right people in the right places. Um, it's a, I joke that they are, I guess it's we, that we are, um, you know, there's that saying about like building the plane while you're flying it. Mm-hmm. I joke that we're building the press while we're printing on it. Um, but also it's like a high stress order and a rush order and the blanks are missing and all of the things are thrown in together. So basically it's kind of like firefighting mode every day. So it's a normal uh, workshop. Kind of, yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Except more digital. I don't know how to explain it. Like we are um, a lot, quite a few people. The girl I work most closely with is in Miami. So she's mm-hmm. like two hours south of me. Like it's a lot more remote positions, which is nice for that kind of role because it doesn't limit your talent geographically. Mm-hmm. How's the PGM stuff? PGM is great. Um, I actually looked this morning. One of the guys from Campus Inc. is recently back from paternity leave. Hi, cute little baby girl. So I was chatting with him and pulled up the PGM page on Facebook. We are just shy of 450 women in that group. So um, there's been some pretty heavy discourse lately about being treated poorly in the industry um, and how we can, I guess, support each other and inform people about how to treat people better, which is mm-hmm. an odd thing to have to teach adults, but um, figuring it out is so annoying. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm in this industry. It's mostly not adults. Mm-hmm. We're all dumb. <laughs> um, so, not yeah. Dumb. Well, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I don't think Andy would want anybody else other than you. So, for all I those who might don't, want don't no know, one else, he just uh, wants you to be solo. 
yeah, doesn't want to be cheating on Christina's been behind the scenes with Chad for a long time doing booking and tech checks. So she gets to talk to all the guests before we do. So figured it who else than you to kick it off with me. What's going on with you this week? Too many things. I don't want to talk about it. That's fair. I don't have a beard. Yeah, I get My stubble's that. coming back. Mm-hmm. Why uh, don't you have a beard? Because I was Samwise Gamgee for Halloween. And for uh, the people Lord, like me, what is that? Uh, Sam, the hero of Lord of the Rings. Everyone thinks it's Frodo, but it's not Sam. Why um, is it Sam? Because Sam's the heart and soul. He carries Mr. Frodo. And he's he's just, you know, the good guy. That's a good costume for you, then. Mm-hmm. A good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you ready to do some sponsors? Sure. Free. Well, hey, I gotta I gotta attempt to read these because Andy's not here, and you're gonna play my parts, right? Sure. Okay. It all starts with a screen. Whether it's new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best. To find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com. F F F F F rank.com dot com or greatfuckingscreens.com. There you go. All right. Make sure there's no G in there, just for the record. Yeah, great fucking screens. You're gonna fucking screens. Right, right. Um, I know that Annie does like the stretch thing before um Frank's mm-hmm. thing, but I obviously am a bit of a education nerd, so I figured I could stretch everyone's knowledge. I reached out to Frank for some info about like, if there's anything people usually don't know about screens. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, number one, that uh, all of their screens are stretched with love. So mm -hmm, a lot of companies don't stretch them with love. And he said, anyone can stretch a screen. What sets us apart is the way we stretch. It takes 45 minutes and every screen is dual worked hardened. That's why our tension levels stay so high and they don't lose too much tension throughout the life of the screen. Mm-hmm. I picture Frank like Santa Claus and everybody who works there. It's like the little elves making it, making the magic and making this. I love that. I think we should say maybe let's send him a costume, mm-hmm. like a Santa costume. And I have a Santa happen. costume. Well, there's a Chicago trip some point, right? Maybe we can scoot up there and make it happen. Yeah, we can do it. I'll be Mrs. Claus. Yeah, obviously. All right. Cleaning screens is no fun, but EasyWay makes it more funner. Their line of eco-friendly chemicals will make reclaiming screens a whole lot easier. Check them out at EasyWay.com. EasyWay. It's the easiest way. Mm-hmm. I miss our buddy Alex. I feel like we saw him in Atlantic City for 10 minutes. Yeah, I got to Lake see City, him when Atlanta. I was it. Yeah, I got to hang out with him more in Fort Worth. But... Wishing you the best, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Graphic Source is your source for production-ready digital art and remote art staffing. Go to graphicsource.com and let them run your art department so you can focus on running your business. Or go to 1900hotstuff.com. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. We have Graphic Source. Um, actually, because we heard them on the show. I was kind of hoping you were just going to end it right there. Sorry. We have we Graphic Source. Them. We have Graphic Source. We heard uh, them on their show. And I sent Chrissy the episode in the very beginning and within three or four months we had, we were staffed and now I work with a bunch of them at Campus Inc. Mm-hmm. 
all of our bodies mm-hmm. tend to use them in some capacity. I mean, it's a good solution. Mm-hmm. Choosing the right emulsion for your shop was complicated, and that's why we love Chromaline. Go to Chromaline.com to watch Kev's vids or contact him on IG at The Emulsion Guru and get the answers you need. Kevin super helped us out with a darkroom recently, just kind of helped us get dialed in with emulsion. And we have that fucking badass laser in there, uh, which has been amazing. We've done so many high detail jobs lately that we have had zero issues with, been flawless. And I think it's one of the best purchases we've made in a long time. So thanks, Kev. Appreciate you. Kev uh, rescued me from some creep in Atlanta that was talking to me and wouldn't leave me alone. So thanks, Kev. He can help you with your darkroom and also with creepy people. Yeah, he pulled me aside. I'm glad he did that because I was going to take it a little too far. I wasn't going to point out that it was you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you're not using DTF or screen print transfers in your shop, you're doing it wrong. We have partnered with Howard Custom Transfers to get you the transfers you need fast. Check them out at howardct.com. We've been ordering a fuckload of tags from Howard. Um, it's been pretty amazing because we get them. We upload. We have a drive with them basically where they we put in what we need. We say, you know, this tag, this size, the like parentheses, how many we need. And Candy gets them all ordered and they come all cut and bagged, ready to go. And we've been doing thousands and thousands of tags recently. So it's been pretty awesome. So I can't say enough nice things. I mean, you have that whole, you have the whole tag printing set up. And you prefer to order them? Yes. The biggest reason why right now is one, they're transparent and I haven't found a good transparent film that we like so it's nice for lining them up Two, there's like little to no mistakes on them because it's all digitally printed uh and three they come pre-cut so the biggest thing is like recently we were doing a, every job we want to do is if we were to screen print them it's like 20 to 30 to 40 sheets that we have to print well then i have to bring them in here and i have to pull somebody who's normally doing something else to cut all those sheets and cut out the individual tags and then sort them by size so yeah, we can do them here and they come out good. They look they look great. Or we can just order tags in advance and have them delivered fucking ready to go. You know, all consistent, no issues. Here's a bag, go to town. So, That's one of those things where I think that some people might try to cost save yeah. without accounting for the cost of the time in printing and prepping them. Like if you think about the ink and the vellum and whatever, it yep. it seems like a cheaper thing to print them yourself. But well, the other thing is too, is I get comments when I talk about stuff like this online and they're like, well, what the fuck? Like, why don't you just print them yourself? Like on press or with a rapid tag and all this other stuff. And the truth of it is, is we've done all that. It's fine. You can do it. But if you look at the quality side by side of a, of a heat pressed, tag versus a screen printed tag the heat applied tag is going to win hands down every time so much better detail it's so much more clarity you have no bleed through um it's been great so i mean we've been using a dark gray if not a black tag on white tees with a transfer and you can't see it through the back so there's there's many advantages yes it is more steps yes you have to heat press them and all this other stuff but if i'm trying to woo customers with quality then that's what we're going to do so 
I prefer personally heat applied tags than screen printed tags. Not to say screen printed ones are shitty because they're not. It's just I prefer the other way. And it's I my shop, so I can do whatever the fuck I want. That's true. I think that both could be shitty. Both could be great. I think just like with anything else, it's whatever works best for you. But I was just curious because I know you have the whole setup with the vacuum and everything. Why you're choosing to go with them? That makes sense. It's just time. Like if someone, if someone's, that's what I'm like. I think that some people underestimate the cost of time. Hmm. Time is irrelevant. It's not real. We're all in simulation anyway, so it's fine. I think time's not real unless you own a business. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know why, but my tea smells like coffee. Like someone spilled coffee on my teacup. I've been drugged. You should be fine. So we are going to recap Print Hustlers. Yep. We just went that, to we Newport Beach. Coming on. Oh, yeah. We did go to Newport Yeah, we went to Print Hustlers, and it was beautiful and sunny, and we got to is the first conference i've gone to where everybody was sitting on couches and recliners and not uncomfortable folding chairs mm -hmm. um so it's pretty awesome the theater was amazing um some people took naps <laughs> some people took naps I'm not gonna call anybody out we did see a few people sleeping mm -hmm. not to say the event wasn't good it's just we probably had a too too much of a party night beforehand so um, so yeah, we decided to do this episode. Uh, we had a cancellation of a guest and we decided to do and a host re to reschedule <laughs> and a host. Yeah. So we decided to do a recap of paralysis, which we probably would have done anyway, if Andy would have went. So in the spirit of that, we decided to have our friends from don't lose hope on as well to help us recap because my brain is smooth and mush and yours mm -hmm. is probably too detailed. Probably. So we need so that we need middle ground. In the middle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That so. sounds good. Okay. Rod Snow's iPhone. The fuck is that? That's his drug dealer name. Rod Snow. That's his porno name. I. What's Hi. up? I just want to know is Rod Snow your porno name or your yeah. mustache's name? It's because I'm a bastard. Does this work? <laughs> Oh. I get it now. That's a Game of Thrones reference. Yeah, the Game of Thrones. Do reference. these microphones work? I don't know. Put um, it in your mouth. So, what you're gonna? Okay, so we were talking before you guys popped on that we all went to print hustlers together. We got to snuggle up next to each other on the couch, which was wonderful. Yeah. Um, you guys were devouring donuts when I showed up. <laughs> they were good. They were free. <laughs> um, how many print hustlers have you guys been to? I've been to two. Oh, you went too. Sorry, I was getting shows confused. Yeah, we've been to the last two. You went to the last two. Yeah. Okay, so you went so to Texas. Texas. Yeah. And, and then this year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So okay. not Chicago the year before? No. no. Okay. So, so I guess my first thing um, is what to you is the difference between like a Hustlers event and like any other trade show event? For the people listening that have never been. Yeah. Uh, and Elisa has not been to a trade show yet, but she's going to impressions. I've been to Graphics Pro in Portland, it's Oregon. Really small. It's like <laughs> no offense to Graphics Pro Portland, Oregon. Yeah. I feel like maybe you were on a panel or something. 
we were on a panel yes we were it was it was small um but my opinion you know trade shows are fun um they're a little bit more of like a party vibe in my opinion as far as like if you're networking you're kind of out just being social and networking there isn't necessarily like an overall agenda right um, as far as like growth uh, well don't they have live speakers they do have panels they do speaking of just throwing this in there me and andy are going to be speaking at long beach so if you sign up for your tickets sign up for our course as well Cool. Okay. Long Beach. Yeah. What are you I don't teaching? I think it's Long Beach. I think it's Atlantic City. It's Long Beach and Atlantic City. Cool. So hopefully Andy's better than I am then. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. Okay. So anyway, back to it. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No. Um. They, like. So yeah, the trade shows do have like panels and stuff like that. But the last couple of years, in my opinion, of impressions, a lot of them have been at least kind of geared out of like a screen print only type of shop. They're a little more like on like digital stuff or like beginning stuff. And so if you're a beginner, I would definitely check some of those things out. There's like really useful things, but somebody that's from a shop has been around a while. There's not always a lot of content on some of right. those. That I feel like they're, they're kind of yep. missing. Some so my understanding, I mean, it's a trade show. It's meant for you to go see the newest, latest and greatest things, see new product offerings, be sold to maybe find good deals. Um, and just be able to see the equipment up close. So it's more right. of like sourcing trip um, as well as networking and just seeing folks. I mean, good for networking, but print hustlers, I mean, it's specifically designed to help you as a person and an individual, an entrepreneur with like your mindset and to just meet other like-minded people like I think it's good for people who don't know any other screen printing people because you'll get right. to be among your peers. And I really appreciate how they brought speakers from outside the industry yeah. because yeah, it's huge. No offense, but all the screen printers seem to stay in a little bubble, but there's so much to learn from other industries. And so yeah, uh, I think we have got so many takeaways. I think that's the biggest thing with print hustlers is it's an intimate setting, you know, and I don't think it's been more intimate than this one just because of like the couches. And it was funny. They were yeah. talking like all the yeah. speakers were standing in front of people and fully reclined just chairs, that like, was literally awesome. watching people lay down. Um, but the speakers, it's just one of those things where you go and the speakers are more focused on, I don't want to say like being inspirational, but like they kind of are being inspirational mm-hmm. in the sense of like, this is kind of what I've done with my career and this is kind of how you guys can do this as well. Cause they're kind of selective and like even Steven, like he would, it's weird saying even Steven, um, <laughs> Steven, you know, was the one who kicked it off and you know, he's a buddy of mine and I see him in a certain way in a certain light, but to hear him speak, he was so well put together and everything he talked about was like super like, fuck, I need to think about this. And it was funny. Like, you know, it's a friend of yours and you hear him give a serious thing and you're like, now I want to talk to him and pick his brain more on this topic. And then as soon as he was done talking, he came over and full mounted me. So then I <laughs> got to whisper in his ear how great of a job ask he did. About, ask him about apps. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, I can feel your app. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's totally true. I yeah, it's 
I think this year we were talking about it when we came home. I was like, I feel like last year was super based on like education and like implementable things. But this year was definitely more like mindset and just giving you yeah of where you can go where you can take things and how for me I know it's super helpful to see people that are where I might want to go or give an idea of where I don't want to go and how they how to work backwards from where they are and I just love when people are willing to help and give advice to people like us yeah Uh, I like to hear other options than what the like traditional screen printer shop track is like how you know like even the keynote speaker nigel like he's a photographer but he's done so much other things with that as like the root of it so um like hearing jeffrey paul talk about even just like table printing you know like that there's so many other options it's okay to do something if it doesn't feel right, like it's okay to do something different than what the people around you are doing. Yes. I thought that was huge. And I mean, me and Ronnie have been talking about like trying to go talk to kids at schools and stuff to show them that, yeah, you can use your creative talents and you can be, do so many different things than traditional. And I feel like it's similar in many industries. Like I came from the beauty lash industry and it was the same thing. Like you do it yourself. Then you open a salon, you train other people, then you become a trainer, then you sell product. And that's kind of the thing. And it's the same with screen printing, but it is very good to see the other options. And like, literally the choices are endless if you just get creative. Yeah. I kind of want to go back to if we can go kind of in order of speakers and what you guys thought and kind of what was going on. We don't have to spend a ton of time on each, but just to kind of keep it flowing in some kind of order. I think the biggest takeaway for me with Steven was it's hard because we do like the podcast and we hear from people. And the biggest thing that we always hear is I love the show because it shows me that the biggest and best people in our industry fuck up too. Or if they don't have all their shit together or whatever. And Steven was basically saying, and everybody knows him for being like the king of apps. Like he's always looking at a different technology, different apps, whatever. And Christina has been working with him on a lot of that kind of stuff now that she's with Canvas Inc. But basically his takeaway was use different apps to do the same thing because not one app is going to solve all your problems. Yeah. So I think, I think that that's one of those things that a lot of printers look at daunting tasks and they're like well i don't want to dive into this thing or this program because i need to look into it more and figure out this and i need it to basically run my shop and like all this other stuff and i I think they just need to realize like just take the plunge jump into it figure out what it can and can't do and then what it can't do find another thing that will take that over and then just go with it because i know for me like that's how i operate like i think about something and then i step back and i think about something and i step back And then it takes me a year to be like, oh, I guess I'll try it when I probably should have just jumped into it and then, you know, found out its shortcomings and then found something that could help me replace it. So, yeah, I'm the same way. And Elise is more like like Steven and we've been like kind of butting heads like a little bit like before Print Hustlers about some of those like implementations. Like we've as far as like, you know, we use like Trello for like organization, but now we've tried like 
five other versions of Trello, like in the last two months. And I'm like having like a panic attack, like in my head, I'm like, I can't handle this. But like, the fact of the matter is, is like, now we've landed on one that is better. So, um, it took a little bit of time, but like just doing it was, was well, you don't know until you try, like there's literally no, like I'm all trial and error. I'm like, this looks good. I'm going to go full force and try it. Have I wasted money? Yeah. Have I wasted time? Yeah. But then I feel like secure knowing that wasn't a good path. Right. You know what and not I to know do. What to look yeah, for that's, and what to that's avoid. That's exactly what it is. Like that. Some people think of errors as failures, but it's not. Sometimes it's just confirmation that you had the right thing or it provides clarity. Like that, yeah. we tried Inksoft a couple of years ago and we thought it was going to solve the problems that we had, but it turned out it was like too rigid and we needed the flex. Like we would rather have the handful of problems with the flexibility of Printavo than mm-hmm. Inksoft. But you know what? honestly everyone in our shop it cut the bitching about printavo quite a bit because we <laughs> did ink so for like three weeks or a month and they were losing their minds and they were like can we please even i i mean i knew after the first week and a half like this isn't gonna work for us and they haven't complained much about printavo since so yeah i feel like that's such a good life motto it's like if you don't have anything to compare it to it can seem crappy and then if you try something else you're like okay it's not that bad yeah there what was what i was doing is looking for the picture that campus steve posted um from his one with a tree no i did love that one though that came (laughs) from um that was that came from alan didn't it i sent a screenshot to him but yeah he had that to our text group he had that quote from Reed Hoffman, who founded LinkedIn, that um, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you've launched too late. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Which that, is like what me, me and you guys are talking about is just like, I wait and I wait until I can find the perfect thing. And then by the time I get that thing in, it's, I should have, I should have just tried it a year ago. You know what I mean? Opportunity or time did you miss? But yeah. It's never going to be perfect. Yeah. Any other takeaways from Steven? Uh, The thing that I took away from Steven was just um, rolling out those types of things with a little more intention. Um, I think I've done kind of a bad job at that in the past where like, okay, we're going to try this new thing or this new program or this new tracker. And I give it to my production manager. I'm like, here you guys go, figure it out. Tell me if it works or not. Um, But Steven was mentioning like rolling out with intent. So like, okay, if you're going to do that, like have the SOPs already written down and have it documented or have a loom video that Mm -hmm. explains that process. Um, so that there's some type of support there. So you're not just like figure it out. And then in like three weeks when they haven't touched it, because they couldn't figure it out and you're mad at them. Um, you know, you, 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 you set them up for a failure essentially. So giving them those tools to be successful with what you're trying to roll out implement. Um, that, that was kind of a, a turning point in my mind when I was listening to and that. Like, you also are like, Hey, figure this out and continue to do all of your regular job. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> exactly. it's like extra credit work. Well, the other thing that I think, I think it was him that was saying too, is like, once you give them a new app or a new whatever, and he said he does it all the time, is he wants them to do it, them to play with it, because what he wants is for that light bulb to go off for them of like, oh, this is this could be useful. Like if right. he just comes in and is like, hey, fuck face, use this. 
they're yeah. just gonna be like, well, fuck, now it's another thing I got to do. This app sucks, whatever. Correct. But if you let them play with it and realize like, oh, this is actually helpful, then yep. they're invested and they want to make it work. So yep. I, I think that was really good. And too. he's also very open to, um, like I personally know, I had some repetitive things that I do in my position and I found two different app, like uh, extensions for Chrome that I can use that reduce that. Uh, it's between 10 and 15 seconds per thing. And when he was talking about, you know, we have uh, 20 athletes and they each have 13 products, like 15 seconds over each one of those products is crazy. Um, yeah. But it saves me it's a like, huge it's amount of like time. It's like three and a half like, minutes. I did the math in my head. <laughs> Good job. Well, then that's just one phase I'm doing, like probably hundreds of athletes a day. So, but also that can be used by Neil. Maybe like I met with him and showed it to him, but they're very open. They're not like, nope, this is how we do it. This is the way it's been done. Like they're very open to like anything we bring to them. Like the second I'm like, Hey, I found this app and it, it's saving me like 10 to 15 seconds. He's like, share it with the team. Send it now. Yeah. Share it with the team. Um, I wrote some notes during his session. I wrote scale, stabilize, and then make money. So like if you are growing, um, the takeaway I had was not to get discouraged if you're not making money. Like you first have to stabilize before you're going to see the ROI, like fiscally. You know, I'm sure you'll see it yeah. other ways. Yeah. But the other thing I really liked was that story he told about Kodak. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Kodak, he said, invented the digital camera and yeah. they were too worried about what it would do losing films to their film to their film That's business that they yeah. shelved it and then that patent lapsed and everybody made digital cameras and then their film business like all they did was just buy themselves like it's not like they used that time to innovate and come up with other things like they just ran their business as is and mm -hmm. I it's like when Blockbuster that. passed up on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. As good old Ryan Casperian says, adapt or die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good Absolutely. Man. I think that that, I mean, we talked a bit about all the AI and stuff rolling yeah. out. And it's like, I don't want to ever be that person that's like, I'm too old. I just don't know how to do it. Right. Well, first of all, I'm going to have a teenage son and daughter in the next five to 10 years, four to whatever years. So I don't want them to have a leg up on me in technology. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. But it's not like the world's going to get less techie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's not going to. Until the EMP takes everything out and then we all have to rely on hunting and gathering. Yeah. Which I'm ready for. I figured yeah. that part out. I told them I don't that comes to it because I don't want to live in a world like that. I'm a great gatherer. <laughs> uh, well, I live in Florida, so they basically issue weapons when you're born. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, next was Jeffrey Paul, right? Yeah, Jeffrey came out hot. We had Jeffrey on the Paul. Oh, yeah, we had Jeffrey on the Paul. We had <laughs> Jeffrey Paul on the show before, and hearing his whole story, which was kind of like the intro to his talk. Mm -hmm. Um. It's insane what he handles. Like, I don't know what his day to day is like, but 
all of these companies, well, it's one company, but all of these different locations and all of these different things that are happening, it's mind blowing. Like he comes up and you think like, oh, this dude works for some shop, but it's like, it's not, it's like crazy billions of dollar company and, you know, thousands of people and fucking mm-hmm. all this crazy shit. Don't so, like move parts. Yeah. Right. And that's what we think about as print shop owners is like, oh, cool. I have like 15 employees or, you know, I have this many people and you're kind of pulling your hair out of like, how are we get this done this week? And when you're on the scale that Jeffrey's on, it basically his talk was, you know, kind of like lean a little bit where he's like, all right, well, if you have, and they did it, he did a whole thing with like wine, like opening a wine bottle and he mm-hmm. put the, you know, the, the opener over here. And then the guy had to basically grab the bottle here, take the steps, get the opener, open it. How can we cut down that? And if, even if it's a second, like Christina mm-hmm. was saying with setting up things and SOPs and whatever, is it's like, if we shave off that second, he actually does the math to figure out, okay, it's this many dollars a day, this many dollars a week, this many dollars right. a year, even down to the minute or the second of like, okay, every second it's, you know, 0.001 cents or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you have thousands of employees doing that same task. It's exponential. Right. The the dollars go go crazy. So mm-hmm. even I mean, for you a can shop, look at like it as said, dollars, but from a, like a qualitative perspective, doing those sorts of tasks, like a big part of me finding that app was just because the repetitive nature was like mind numbing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so part of it, like, yeah, you can measure it in dollars in terms of like this second cost a hundredth of a penny, but there's something to be said about making your employees lives easier as well. And then they're happier and then they're less likely to quit. And then the cost of, you know, mm-hmm. recruiting yeah. and training again is eliminated or they just get more done in a day and right. or they can focus on another job during the day yeah. because it took half the time to do that job mm-hmm. well yeah but if they're happier from not i mean repetitive tasks like that or something that's so like why is the wine bottle opener way over there like mm-hmm. that is frustrating to someone like every day like i'll have to go way over there to do that like if they're less frustrated and they can accomplish more then they'll be happier and then retained and then you don't have to recruit and train. And I think a big part of all of that also for business owners should be figuring out how much it costs to train someone. Yeah. Yep. I feel like I think- he talked about the level of quality versus the standard of quality. Mm-hmm. That was a very good, I mean, it's all about how you frame things. And so mm-hmm. that was really that was a good point and he had a good point where he's like if you say "Mm, this level of quality is okay for this client versus this client your printer is going to be like well why was it okay for them but they deserve a higher quality that's not really a good look so this thing i wrote it down the level of quality should meet or exceed the highest customer standard you have so that way just you're always safe so i like that And it's the thing too, like he said, which resonated a lot with me in that same regard is I might have the shop come out, you know, they come to my office with a test print and they're like, I don't know what to do about this. It's slightly out of registration or, you know, this color doesn't look right, but it's close enough and all this other stuff. And what we should do as an owner right then and there and be like, nope, like take it down or let's redo the screen or let's, let's do the ink. But 
a lot of the time, I would say like 75% of the time I look at it and I'm like, I'm looking at them and you can tell they're like, come on, we just got to get this fucking job done. And I'm yeah. sitting there like, uh, all right, <laughs> looks good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah like, no, there's fuck it, run it kind of thing. Sure. Not that we do that, but I'm just saying like, there are times where you just want to say, fuck it, run it when real in reality, you should take it down or you should remix that ink or you should, you know, redo the screen or something to make sure that, you know, the problem is fixed and the whole job's going to go good. And ever since I kind of implemented bill into like production manager status, like it's been a huge weight off my shoulders because he does that. You know what I mean? He does. He's not just like, okay, fuck it, run it. He's like, he makes a decision before I even have to of like, I know this is how we should do it because these are our quality standards and this is what we should do. And that to me, is just like, it's like, Oh, like hallelujah moment of like, fuck yeah, I don't have to do that or make that call. Like the guy running the shop is doing it without me. So yeah, I think that was huge that he said that kind of like, just do it. You know what? Fuck it. You you need to make that call. Um, another thing kind of like what Christina was saying though, about the wine bottle opener being off to the side, me and uh, Josh from in the zone, we're talking about this after, after his talk and one of the, one of the breaks of, we were talking about reclaim. And I was like, yeah, you know, I had a guy run in reclaim and dark room for X amount of time. And then that guy actually left. He got another job or whatever happened. And then I personally went out to the dark room and I burned screens for a month or two and I cleaned and did all this other stuff. And then me, the owner being out there, you're like, why the fuck are we doing it this way? Like, why is this here? Why is, why are we using this old piece of shit thing here? And then yeah. I come out and instantly like change that whole area. And I'm like, Oh, well, I'll invest money into this thing and this thing and get this better. And it was the same for him. He's like, this was broken. And like, they were just dealing with it. And like, this was happening. Yep. It's kind of like, you notice those things of, Oh, I had to turn around 35 times to do this one task. Why is this tool not here? So I don't have to turn around at all. Right. Um, yeah. Jeffrey did say to pay employees to come up with suggestions. Yeah. That's true. So I want to do that. Um, he yeah, was saying he was saying more like a gift card or something like, yeah, hey, yeah, we have an incentive, yeah, like yeah. come to me with an idea to fix something and then I will gladly pay that fee because right. it's going to it's going to make me more money, basically. For yeah, sure. There's lots I, of times when I go out into the shop and I start poking around things. And I'm like, why is this like this? And they're like, oh, that's just like how it is. I'm like, yeah. it could be better. Right. And they're like, well, yeah, but they just like don't think like, yeah, we have like the resources or like we're mm -mm. willing to hop on Amazon really quick and buy something that'll make it better. Mm -hmm. um, like they have the idea. They just didn't bring it up. So it's like, right. okay, I need those ideas to like incentivizing. It's fine. Yeah. We have, we have was, and Brian have been together forever here. And he always has this saying where he does something and it takes like, you know, it, two hours longer than it should have or whatever. And I go in and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is happening? He's like, oh, I'm just trying to save you money. It's like, you're not trying to save me money. Like, just quit being a cheap ass. Like, I'm paying the bill. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> just fucking do it this way because then we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. It's yeah, but you guys are shop owners. There's something to be said. I would just caution shop owners to make sure that you're not going into someone's area and turning their life upside down without asking them why they're, they're doing something a certain way. And if it works for them, like there's sure. a difference between making their life easier and solving a problem they have, or making them feel like the way they're doing it. I respect like my that, brain yeah. just works completely different. So like, if you come into my area and you're like, why are you doing it like this? I'm like, well, right. 
if I, if you, if you force me, like, this is the way we do it. Mm-hmm. My brain doesn't work like that. It ends up being taking me longer to do the job. So That's I like the idea of incentivizing them to make their life easier, but <laughs> just because it seems easier for you doesn't mean like there's all sorts of learning styles and different ways to do things, I guess. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. use it as a coaching opportunity or just an information, you know, yeah, uh, you know, spitballing back and forth a little bit like, hey, like, I see like this is how you're doing it type of thing. Um, like, have you thought about this, et cetera? And just, yeah, value your people's opinions and how they do things for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, think, so I, I think I was out the-, the other day where... Um, I was in the dark room and I, you know, I'm not out there too often anymore, but I was like walking through and I almost like slipped and like broke my ass because there was like water on the ground. And I was like, okay, like this this has to be like, like all the time. And I was like, okay. So I was like, you guys wanted like another rubber mat out here? And they're like, oh, that would be like really helpful. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, just (laughs) let me know if there's like a safety issue. Jeez, guys, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's one of those things that's like, the takeaway is one, try to track your time if you can, but yeah. don't be an asshole about it, but maybe like put pen to paper once in a while and get averages of times it takes to do things. Well, and, and it doesn't see have if to there's like, way to improve. Like, like, you know, it doesn't have to be like seconds. Like it is like, you know, one of his factories, but I mean, even right. in like a smaller shop, like getting down to like, what is your hours cost? You know? Right. But it's one of those things too, is like, we always talk about flow of the shop and it's like, okay, well, why is it every time you start a new job, you walk into the other side of the shop to grab the packing slip or look at the computer? Whereas why don't you just put a tablet on your press where they can pull up the schedule or pull up the artwork or pull up the work order so they don't have to make those steps? Yeah, for sure. But then it goes back to what we were saying too. Like Christina said, like, don't, I don't want to be the boss and go into somebody's area and just change everything because I think that's how it should be because I'm not working there all day right. long. But right. I do yeah. feel like you should kind of like undercover boss it a little bit where <laughs> you maybe go work in the dark room Wear with that dude yeah. for like a week and be like, all right, let's just do the shop together. And then he's like doing stuff and you're like, well, why do you do it that way? And then you and me and whoever, the people that go to these trade shows or go to these events, something clicks of like, oh, Rodney was telling me about his shop, how he does it this way. And then we try that. And then he's like, holy shit, this is way better than what I was doing before. Yeah. I think there's mm-hmm. a difference when you're a boss. There's a difference between curiosity and judgmental, like being judgmental. Like if you're curious about why someone's doing something, the intention feels, I think it's easier to talk to you. Like if you're like, oh, that, why are you doing it that way? Versus like, why are you doing it that way? You know, like the tone of voice, like being intentional about. I usually try to be as sassy as possible. <laughs> Yeah, that's why only your friends work for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I totally. That's why they keep you in the office all the time. Shut the door. That is true. Uh, Who was next? Who was after Jeffrey? Hold on, I had a list going here. I do also love that he is always Jeffrey Paul. Uh, I know. It's one of those things that he looks like a Jeffrey, though. Like he doesn't want to. I don't know if he wants to be a Jeff. So there was like a few small. So, um, Kevin Walsh from PPAI did like a quick speak. And then oh, yeah. it was, there was the DTF panel during lunch. Mm, right? Yeah. That's right. Or during break or whatever it was. I made Andy's joke for him. Mm-hmm. You did. Do you want to talk about what I did? <laughs> well, it was just, they were talking about how uh, 
cricket moms were turning to DTF, and then I said they're going to be DTF moms. So I had to get that yeah, out there for, for Andy. I um, DTFmoms.org. Mm-hmm. Buy that domain real quick. Domain. Well, I lo- we were looking it up then because Matt Marcotte, Matt Gott loves domain buying. Yeah, yeah. And then it was um, Michelle Moxley with the AI. Well, we can talk. We can talk real quick about the DTF panel because that ke- seems to keep being a discussion on this show, mm-hmm. on Printhousers, and obviously the this event was very digital heavy especially like steven and that whole panel and everything like that what do you guys feel like in your shop ronnie like both well of let's guys, say like, the dtf panel was max from family yep Camp- mm-hmm. campus steve and then it was kevin from so mm-hmm. brian moore was hosting mm-hmm. yes um yeah yeah totally. so me being like a print he's an artisanal and, screen printer yeah so his emotions and his brain are different yeah it, feelings it, when you know it was like i don't know it was easy for like when dtg like it was be like becoming kind of like a big popular thing all of a sudden for me just to kind of like ignore it and i was like that will never take over <laughs> what i do um and then all of a sudden like dtf came out like overnight and was like I'm way better than DTG. Like, what are you going to do now? And so now it's like, in the beginning, it was like, no, we, we don't touch it. Like, I don't care. But the fact of the matter is, is like, our team is growing. We have employees. We have people that come in off the street and want 24 shirts. That's a full color image. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, is like, they don't care. Realistically, they don't yeah. care how it feels. They don't care what it looks like. They mm-hmm. want that picture of whatever it is on a t-shirt. Right. And for me to say no, because we don't like the quality of it, doesn't. Yeah, it's just, it's a different mind frame. I am not an artisanal printer. I am a, I need us to make money so we can survive yeah. <laughs> printer. And so the fact of the matter is most people, well, it depends on the client. Some people don't care what you're giving them. They just want the thing on the shirt. And so, hey, transfers work great. If people care about the craft, they want to promote it as it's handmade, like all the traditional methods, then yeah, obviously screen printing is better, but you can't ignore it. And honestly, it gives leverage and advantage. And so I have been trying to push us to use more when it makes sense, but it is a trickier pricing type of thing for us right now because we're not doing it as something often. that like we're still like implementing because we are using it more and more now mm-hmm. um, but i mean you know, the reality is is like if we don't do it like there's shops right down the road from us that will do it mm-hmm. um so i would rather still build that relationship with the client and earn their future business um but I, I mean i can't argue with like dtf like being really helpful on certain types of garments though like we yeah. just did a giant bag order um it's like 500 pieces full oh, color yeah. image. Yeah, no, for yeah. certain yeah. material compositions too. And it's a out, lifesaver. It came out awesome. And the client was like ecstatic. Uh-huh. So they just wanted the thing on the thing. Yeah. So for that, it's great. For me, it's not so much like, do we use transfers? For me, what I always like to pick other people's brains about is like, what do you tell the client? Like, so I thought that was interesting because someone did ask Steven, it's like, 
because it's like, okay, do you be upfront and say, this is not screen printing and give them the chance to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Or do you not say anything and have it chance them being, this feels different. It's kind of, that's a, it's a tricky one. I feel like. I feel like we talked about this on the show before, but I think the truth of it is, is transfer has a bad name. Like it has mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's almost like saying you live in a trailer park. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's kind of like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's different. And it's kind of got this like thing where people look down on it a little bit. Right. As if you say something like, if you say something like, oh, it's a high quality water based heat applied product or something, you know what I mean? You're dancing around it, but yeah. in reality, it's a, just a different way of doing things. And we actually added samples to our showroom of like it being on the sheet still and then how it is printed and then how it is post pressed. Um, it just kind of shows that it's different, but it's also too, we say quality versus screen printing versus like a DTF transfer. But in reality is it's like the DTF transfer is quality of what it is. It's just different. Mm -hmm. Like it feels yep. different. It looks different. doesn't mean it's like dog shit. It just means mm -hmm. that it's different. So if you educate the customer on like, Hey, if this is what you want, this is totally cool. We can do it. It's awesome. Like it washes good DTF. I don't know if you know, but like when you put it on something and stretch it, it stretches really well. And yep. it's kind of like, this isn't dog shit. It's just different. Like, yeah. And the other thing is too, a lot of people that are new to it and don't really know, I guess it depends on the artwork, but if they're just doing a giant rectangle of it, yeah, it's going to feel like shit. It, a giant rectangle of screen print feels like shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like in reality, play with negative space. Like if you can throw in a bunch of negative space in a DTF print, it's going to flow just as much, if not better than a screen print in certain sense. So yep. For sure. I think it's one of those things like that was kind of what they were talking about is like, you know, like Max with family. He's like, dude, we can go do these activations, you know, live events and we can just bring a bunch of heat presses and do like anything you want. Well, and they were now, I mean, it, for somebody like them that does like live printing, I wasn't quite like thinking about it before he was mentioning, but, you know, live printing, it's really hard to do multicolor stuff. Right. Like, it's super time consuming. So well, even single color stuff, like if you do white ink on a black shirt, live printing, we always have to say, oh, our prints are vintage looking. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're limited to that. Like if you want anything, it's got to be like a vintage ish look unless you're doing like white or Heather tees or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So being able to run a full color print at a at a show or something like that, I mean, that immediately right. opens new opportunities for them. Right. Or the whole on-demand market like Steven, where it's like 500 orders came in overnight and they're all variable data or whatever. And it's like, okay, print. Yep. And then they heat press them and send them out. It's done. So it makes sense. It's just, it's one of those things like it's, I think it's just educating everybody, printers and the yeah. general public and everybody that it's just a different tool in the tool belt. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of nice to hear these guys that you respect to be like, yeah, I use it all day, every day. Not saying it's replacing anything. It's just different. And it's new. For sure. Who was next after that, Christina? That was Michelle with the AI stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I was you super fucking we confused most same. of the time. <laughs> I was like, man, I wish I knew what was going on. Like, it was cool. Uh... I just, I mean, it was an example just showing what you can do with AI. She did redid a game of Clue and had the help of AI literally like coming up with personas to act out for the whole game. So that was cool. And she was talking about, okay, so here's an example. You could make your own chat bot 
for your clients on your website and stuff, which is great. It's not applicable to us right now, but it was cool to see someone like at the top tier of AI. Michelle, Michelle is super, super fucking smart. And I've, yeah. I've hung out with her. I've talked to her at MNR when she worked there. And it's mm -hmm. just kind of like, she blows my mind with what she knows and her technical mm -hmm. ability into things. And the whole thing with the AI stuff is she's so smart that she was like, you know what? I'm going to create an entire game of clue yeah. using AI. <laughs> but I'm saying that I didn't really know what was going on because I don't know jack shit about clue. First of all. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. And second of all, it was like, I, I don't know. And then there was just sprinkled in AI stuff, which was like, Oh, this is interesting. Like I also don't know a ton about it either other than I'm terrified of it. Um, but I think the big takeaway for me with that, and I had discussions with like fingers Duke and stuff outside of after that session was over of it's terrifying to know that you can basically do, what was it called? It was like a, was it like a learning bot or a, she called it yeah. something. One, like the emotional one. Yeah. There was one that so basically like runs is the one that to... runs off the script. And then the one you're talking about, I can't remember what she called it. It was like a human based agent. It like learn yeah, it learns. Yeah, which is terror. Those are the ones that will murder us. The ones that yeah. learn are the ones that will kill us all. But anyway, she was saying that basically if you're smart enough into this AI thing, you can basically it was create like AI this... assistant or something. Whatever it was, yeah. I'm just gonna say murder bot from here on out. So you can yeah. create this, you can, you can create this murder bot that basically will learn how to be your customer service like department all by itself. Yeah. So like, I like that. Thirty in, incoming, minutes ago, we were like, be open to technology. <laughs> we have to learn. <laughs> I'm all open. I'm gathering. All like, I'm gathering from this aren't is a bad word. Don't be nervous about transfers. And we're like, oh, you know, the AI learning bot is a freaking murder. Bot. All I know from this AI. episode is that Murderbot and we're going to just gather things when Murderbots that use transfers. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Our arch nemesis. I think AI is just there's like after watching Michelle's presentation, like, you know, I I think I know what kind of like some of the AI stuff is out there, but just watching her presentation, I was like, oh, there's like 40 more AI things that I've like never Every even day. heard Every day. of. And like, didn't know that they could do. Mm -hmm. uh, and so to me, it's a little overwhelming because I feel like now, like, I'm going to have to go like to a college night course about AI to like, <laughs> actually have somebody teach me what is like, uh, out there, like what's happening. It just it's so fast. The best part about that, though, is you could go do that night course on AI. And by the time you're done with it, all of that's say, irrelevant because it's all yeah. new stuff. Anyway, so maybe like can the, you ask AI to teach you about itself daily? Yeah. So I just I don't know, how, like, for me, like, I would need some somebody to like guide me and say, hey, like, check out this thing to do this. And it's really cool. But like, I would, yeah, yeah, I am a lot. taking I am taking a course for AI, too, because, yeah, the thing is, it's going to be like a full time job keeping up on it because it's just so exponential. Like the course I signed up and the girl hasn't even launched yet. And she's like, so they just did a huge new release and half the stuff I had in my thing is now out of date. Oh, so I need to update it. For yeah, ChatGPT, Midjourney, Dolly. Um, I'm excited about it. The thing is, yeah, I could go down a whole rabbit hole with that. But well, 
her her thing was cool showing what you can do and i have heard of other people creating customer service chat bots but I mean, we don't have the time. Yeah, customer service stuff or just art stuff, like they're going to play a huge role in our industry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like me and Ryan Moore and like I said, the Fingers Duke people, it was kind of like the discussion I was trying to have with them was back to the murder bot is like basically it could replace your customer service and your incoming customers and quoting and all this other stuff like you could potentially have an ai bot that would does that all for you well my discussion back to being like scared of all that stuff but also like the heart and soul of your company is like why the fuck are we doing this then like to me this is my passion this is my hobby this is my everything like this is my career and the reason why I like doing what I'm doing is because I like talking to people. I like making new friends and I like all the things, the, the human interaction of everything. It's like, what, what the fuck am I going to do then? Am I just going to sit in my chair and like look out the window if I'm not like talking to anybody or I'm letting a bot do all of it? Like, you it takes- the, trick is, the trick is to let the bot do the stuff you don't like to do yes. that you don't yes. want to do. I know, but yeah. she was saying like, like hey, you it like could potentially run service. your department. I mean, if you want it to, if you like to do customer service, then don't have the bot do that. But it's the same as buying a robot, like buying bagger and tagger. Like if you would like to bag and tag, then don't buy a freaking robot. Yeah, but my customers aren't walking in and having a conversation with my folder and bagger line. Like I I don't want the face of my company to be a murder bot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no. You get to customize the leaf though. But you can just have a murder bot do the menial tasks that aren't even client facing. My murder bot's going to do that <laughs> after it murders you. Right. There's, oh. You're going to be in a bloody pool on the ground and it's going to be like, yeah, let me get that order done for you. Let me use the transfer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What was the one? Wasn't there an AI thing where it like it needed it couldn't solve the robot thing and it like went on? on some website and figured out a way to pay someone to answer the question yeah. to validate. I did hear about that. Terrifying. It's Dude, so yeah. smart though. Oh. I'm done. But there is also something, there's some sort of um, variable where it's like we create more information in mm-hmm. like a week than the first 3000 years of human existence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When she was just talking about, um, oh, there's like a storage AI thing. I was like, oh, holy cow. Like, I need to think about that. Like, where's all this data like being stored from AI? Um, So that's that's wild. It's in some middle of a mountain somewhere. And there's this giant AI in the middle with like a like a light red eye in the middle that we all have to answer to and bow to at some point. The Matrix, the Overlord. Exactly. Which is funny. I saw a meme the other day that was like when we were younger and we watched The Matrix and you think of that one character that basically was like, fuck this place. And he's like eating his steak. He's like, I want out of this shit. Like, I want to go back into The Matrix because fuck this real shit. And it was talking about it. It's like when I was, you know, 15 and I watched The Matrix, I was like, fuck that guy. That guy's an asshole. Now I'm in my 30s. I'm like, that guy rules. Like, I kind of want to do what that guy did. You know what I mean? Like, I want to go back to being ignorant and I don't want to know all this shit. Like, I want to just eat my steak and enjoy it. And yeah. Not care about the rebellion. Mm-hmm. So anyway, next person who spoke. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, Kez was Kesney from Big Printing. Mm-hmm. She was my fave. She was awesome. Do you guys yeah. do package deals? No, they're going to now. <laughs> I have. It's funny because I talked to him about this before because I told him a lot of service-based industries, that's what they're moving towards because it's just so much easier to explain to people. Um, that's what so other industries are in them. general. Like coming from curriculum world, like you bought the curriculum package. So it was really bizarre to me when I got to the shop and I was like, why is it just hunt and peck for customers? They don't even know. Yes. I'm like, it's kind of like a subway thing. It's like, oh, you want this print here? You want the pickles? Like, no, Uh just buy the sandwich. So to have her go, we've been doing this and it's been working great. I was like, yes, validation. And then I just said how we don't need that validation, but it's really <laughs> funny not? that you say the subway thing because we were at the hotel doing work downstairs and um I walked over to a sub shop and the guy is like this it's like this well known classic sub shop or whatever. I was like, he's like, Oh, here's the menu or whatever. And I was like, All right, cool. And I'm always the guy that's like picky. I'm like, you know, I want like specifically like turkey and lettuce and like cucumber and this and this and this. And uh He's like, he's like, which one do you want? And I was like, oh, the turkey. He's like, all right, well, you want all the, you know, do you want like what it normally is, like all the normal stuff on it? And I was like, oh, I actually want turkey, lettuce, provolone, <laughs> mustard, light on this. He's like, yeah, so you want the whole fucking sandwich. You just don't want tomato. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just like, you want what I'm offering you. You just, you had to say it all out specifically because you're a fucking idiot. Like, yeah. and that's kind of the same thing is like, well, we all know what we're talking about, but basically her whole speech was on package deals of like, instead of offering customers random items and letting them pick and choose, they, they bundle everything together at a premium and say, okay, you want the hundred shirt pack and it's going to be on a premium tee and we're going to print. This is what it's going to be. You know, here's the, here's the total price. And this, we're just going to, at your doorstep is going to be a finished product with tags and folded and bagged and all this shit. If anyone watches one talk, Hers would be great to watch. They all are, obviously, but literally go back and watch her thing. They'll post it, right? I think that it's because you and I are out, like came from outside of the industry. So I think our perspective is different. Um, Mm -hmm. Like one of the first things I started doing was what I called like sales kits. So like I ordered like a size run of like our most common shirts that we sold. And I got the swatch books and I tried to make it as easy as possible. When I was working with someone, I had a sample of like each item um, because I, I also think that a lot of our clients get overwhelmed. Like they put off ordering shirts because they're like, okay, and I got to try to figure out how much or whatever. Um, So like if it's a repeat person, usually what I would do is print their past orders or have them like ready and be like, okay, well, last time this is what you got. And they're like, okay, yeah, I want to do that again, but add 10, you know, like just trying to Mm -hmm. give them a starting point or somewhere to go. Um, it's, and I honestly, I mean, I guess it's like warm email, like it's not cold because you already know them, but I would email them and be like, Hey, you usually order like every three months. I noticed you know, you're in four months, here was your last order in case you didn't remember what you got or whatever. So I also implemented the levels, like what she said. Um, mm-hmm. I named the 
like the guild, like the G5, 5,000, whatever, um, or anything in that level, I call it the fundraiser T because all of our, lang- all of our lingo, Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like fundraiser tea, a customer knows exactly what it is. They know what they're getting. They know what the purpose is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, the next level up, I named a standard premium. That way they know it's a nicer shirt, but it's also the expectation now. Like you just mm-hmm. have to take the guesswork out of it for them. Yes. I think yeah. one thing to add to what she was saying though, because we've done package deals before, um, and I kind of steered away from them, I think, just because the old company I used to work for a long time ago is kind of known for people in the industry kind of hate their package deal. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you could and make I one you don't hate. <laughs> well, I, I don't hate it. I'm just saying, like, I steer kind of away from that when I started Upstate of, like, I'm just going to do, you know, what I knew, which was the individual whatever. But I think the thing is, is she was talking like, like you guys are saying, like the good, better, best model, which is great. Mm-hmm. Like that's good for the general customer. But I think the other packages that make a lot of sense that we've done is like packages catered specifically to your to your niche market. So yeah. like we used to have a package that was specific for bands where it was like, okay, it's a one color oversized on or up to four color oversized or something on a black Gildan 5000, you know, whatever. And then there's yeah. the contractor special which I ran mm-hmm. for a long time, which is like a G8000 with a left chest and a back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, they're just going to order. They, that's all they ever fucking order anyway. So it's like, okay, yeah. get a hundred shirts, yeah, one front, one back. And this is what that price is. So then they look at it as like, oh, I'm a contractor. Like that makes sense for me. You know what I mean? It's not like they have to be like, well, I do want yeah. the better or I do want the best because obviously I don't want the cheapest, but a premium tee isn't, made for them like they're not gonna they're not gonna like that like right. so i think the generalization of like hey like i know this is what you want like 100 percent. you want a 50 50 fucking basic tea that you're gonna come back in a month because it's covering tar mm-hmm. and sawdust and blood like let's pick a different option from the murder bot right. yeah so. no i think that's totally good i think it's just the concept like yeah everyone's different everyone serves different markets so just market it to what makes sense for you like are you retailing it is it for your team like change that wording and yeah spell it out if you're the type of person that does abc this is the package for you and it will just give them confidence clarity they'll see the price it's no surprises and i was telling him just great because then if they see that they're like that looks good they come to you basically ready to close because they have all the information besides picking what you want on it I think um, a couple things like when I was like hesitant to like want to like implement packages when we were talking a few weeks ago about it. Um, I think one thing is like just because it's a package doesn't mean it's cheap. Like we that do. That is exactly we, what I was gonna say. Yeah, I feel like, like this industry see, thinks like, that a package means like yeah. three three dollars a shirt or something. And yeah. like, how do you do that? Yeah. It doesn't we see have the to Facebook, be. you know, three ninety nine a shirt deals that are out there, like. <laughs> But that doesn't mean that's what we have to do. Like we can have our own packages that oh, like, yeah. are profitable for us. Nowhere does it money. say that a package has to be cheap. Yeah, but I also think it can help like empower, especially like we're training like a new front end person right now. Um, I think a package type structure could like really empower them to be like more confident earlier on. Um, Cause like one thing I was like, I was like trying to like build packages like backwards in my head. It was like, okay, a one color print package but then what if they want more more colors or what if they want to add a full bag and tag it's like okay well like what big printing was talking about was like this is our package it's 
up to three colors and it includes folding, bagging, tagging, um, you know, relabeling, whatever. It's like, cool, start there. Like that's, you can, oh, that sure. covers a lot of ground. Like or really it can be an add on, yeah. you know, it's this like we go to McDonald's and you order number one and then you're like, okay, I want to meet a small, medium, large or a super shot, like whatever. Like you can yeah. have they them don't do super size anymore. I wish they did fat people miss <laughs> that so much, but, <laughs> but you know, and like, if the client is a client that just like relabeling just doesn't make sense. Like why I don't really need relabeling. It's like, okay, cool. Like the package includes it. Um, you know, have like a set amount on the back end where it's like, just take it off. Like it'd be 50 bucks cheaper or whatever, but it's like, why not right. just offer it? Like, why not just do it? Like, but that's the cool part about it though, too, is it's like the upsell is built in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like how many times do we have an order where like they don't choose to do that just because it's yeah. an, they like, think like, Oh, I need yeah. to pay another 35 cents or 50 cents or whatever it is for this add on. <laughs> but if it's already in the fucking package, they're yeah. probably like, whatever, fuck it, do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. And then you get those built. That's what she was saying. She kept saying, she's like, and we make money. And it's like, you know what I mean? It was just kind of like she had all these built-ins and it it doesn't always have to be on the shirt too. She was like, oh, this package includes stickers or keychains or Mm -hmm. whatever. And it's like that shit they would normally wouldn't sell, but they might have, you might have a department in your shop where you sell t-shirts, but your embroidery department's fucking slow as hell all the time. Or you have a a sticker printer machine Mm -hmm. And yeah. then you can, you can build it into the package where you just created a whole nother part of your business. That's yeah. now thriving because every order comes with stickers. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Like yeah. my philosophy is we just, we're working towards making everything to literally just hand them on a silver platter and be like, just say yes. And that will make it easy. Well, and like, And there's a lot of people that just don't know that we like yeah. offer other, like they don't know we offer for like a banner. Yeah, or a banner, yeah. But it's like, like how okay, easy it, is it to go on like Science Three Six Five and order a banner with our logo on it, and it's yeah. literally next day. Like you get it next day. That's just how it works. Yeah. It's like normal turnaround. Take their artwork, order a banner, get it next day, and fucking ship it with their order. You just mm-hmm. made an extra fifty, sixty bucks. Yeah. Not for literally nothing. Hands uploading off. artwork. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. But it, because it's part of the package. I also mm-hmm. think that packages are a good way to break into a market that you might want to get into. Like if, like you were saying, like if you want more contractor work, like easy one color front left chest and back, then make a contractor package and then it's yeah. out there. Give a flyer, email flyer, where it's like marketed towards them. That's, yeah, that's just the funny thing about how you package things digitally. It can be the same thing yeah. for two different industries, but they see their thing at the top. They're like, that's for me. So I just love the yeah. psychology of it. New packages are definitely easier for marketing. Like, yeah, way easier. Yeah. So, yeah. So and you can use packages to like, let's say you don't want to do four color or more. Like you can incentivize by saying one to three colors or, you know, like if you don't want to print on this shirt, then make the package on this shirt instead. Well, that yeah, was yeah. part of the, to, that was part of the concept and I'm, I don't everyone should know this by now, but like the whole concept behind the special that everyone always talks about is like the, the one color hundred shirt for three ninety nine special or whatever. Back when I was around, it was three seventy five. But the, the thing is, is it's not what people don't realize is it's not necessarily meant to be sold as a one color on a G five thousand for three seventy five. 
what happens is, is they come to you because of the special, you get them in the door as a warm lead. And then the very first thing you do is, yeah, we could print this on a G5000 that feels like sandpaper, or we could do it on an X level 3600T for 75 cents more. And they're like, okay, well, what does that take me to? You're like, okay, well now you're at, you know, 450. And they're like, okay, cool, let's do that. And, I'm, and it's like, oh, your logo would actually look really good big on the back, <laughs> but with like a left chest. And then you're nowhere near the special anymore. You're back to normal yeah. pricing. They're getting a right. one color left chest, one color back on next level. And then they just place the order. So yeah. the enticing part of the 375 right. special isn't to be that they're going to come in and get a one color for 375, which happens all the time. But that's also awesome too, because you look at it, you're like, fuck, I can crush this job in 10 minutes on the auto. Like throw in one screen, print it done. So the schedule is yep. always full of easy one color jobs, but then you're also getting so many people in the door that you wouldn't have gotten before because you upsold them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. So that's the thing is you could come to somebody with the contractor special and be like, oh, for 400 bucks, you can get a one color front, one color back. But then you just start a conversation with them and then it turns into they're getting fucking Carhartt jackets embroidered mm-hmm. and they're getting hundred T's and they're also getting beanies and and whatever, yeah. because they came to you because they saw the special that enticed them off of Instagram or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So. so that's for me, like her talk was a great example of why we go to the conferences because you get to hear from other people that are doing maybe things that you've thought about, but you're not super confident about and hearing them be like, yeah, it works. And then you get to talk to other peers and hear their experience. And so it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know you guys want to talk about the your your heartthrob Nigel. at the end. <laughs> Nigel. We're not skipping anybody, are we? I don't want to skip no. a whole person. Not as far as I know. Rum came out for like a few minutes. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of gave us yeah. a Yeah. Give a pet talk. Yeah. Hit a cool video. Yeah. Yeah. It was and then it was Nigel. Yeah. So again, real quick, I'm gonna let you guys go on this one, but the whole thing with certain people again it's awesome having people that come do these conferences that have nothing to do with screen printing mm-hmm. yeah because then you get their 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 drive and motive like motivations to do what they do and then you're like oh that resonates with me still regardless of what it is so i had no idea i didn't know who this dude was i had no idea what he was doing and then i talked to people like you guys and you're like oh my god you don't know who he is like fucking <laughs> top model I have no I have no idea um but anyway I loved his talk I thought it was awesome I I like my my takeaway from the whole thing was just that he was a an idea guy and then he he acted on them whether he it was gonna work or not he was just like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be a model and then the modeling thing dried up and then it was like well I'm gonna take photography because I as a model I learned my surroundings and then he did photography and then that turned into photography for these larger companies that got him into all these other businesses that he's doing. And it's crazy to just like absorb knowledge and then have an idea and be like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do a podcast about drinking. And then that drinking podcast is going to turn into me making an alcohol company because mm-hmm. I learned from X amount of people during the podcast how to do it right. Mm-hmm. So what do you ladies think, especially with the whole top model thing about this guy? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Where do I begin? Uh, Well, for me personally, it was very special because to see we were at a restaurant. 
visiting his grandpa in Spokane. And I'm like looking through the emails and I was like, Nigel Barker. I was like, Nigel Barker. I was just saying his name like with an accent because that's the only Nigel Barker I know. And I was like, oh my God, it's him. And so it was just very weird, very full circle because I went to school for fashion design. I had a different path I could have taken pursuing that. But uh, he was very influential just to my younger self because I would see him on TV. I was very inspired by Top Model, the show, because they just have so much creativity and they go totally extreme with their shoots. And I mean, there's a lot of taboo stuff that happened too on the show. But (laughs) just to have it come full circle where he's speaking at an industry thing that I'm in now that still has to do with fashion design, it's like, went all this way to lead me back to here. And it was just, his talk was great because it totally, his mindset towards things is very similar to mine. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm glad I'm on the right track. But it was very encouraging him telling all of us to be like, use what you know. And if there's somewhere you want to go, you can always draw from what you know and just get creative again and make new opportunities and don't wait for someone to ask you to do something. You just do it. Someone might pick up from it. And that was the big takeaway for me too, was like the just do it thing. Like he did, he got asked for this. Well, I don't remember what magazine it was. He got asked to do like a shoot, like a one page thing. And he did what, like it was like 12 pages or something. Yeah. He invested his own money to level it up and submitted them and they ended up yeah. They ended up using it for the cover and doing all 12 pages. And then that Dude. led to someone else wants to work with you now and so on and so on. So mm-hmm. and I thought it was also interesting because he noted like, oh, yeah, like I'm super, super famous for top model. But at the time, <laughs> that was kind of taboo and frowned upon because it wasn't very serious in the industry. So he took a risk. But I think it just goes to show that if you are like really good at what you do and take whatever you're doing seriously, no matter what the avenue you're in, like you can create a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be somebody out there that thinks what you're doing is worth doing. And yeah. That's kind of what he went for and it worked out. Yeah. Like he, he opened his own doors, like, mm-hmm. and, you know, knocked on him and said, Hey, hello, like, this is what I can do. And, you know, I, I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff that didn't come from a lot of his like, you know, chances that he took. But if you don't take the chances, like you're not going to, right? you're not going to get any opportunities. So like, the other thing those- was too, is like he, someone asked like, how do you get all these, how did all this like luck play in all of this? Like, how did you get all this shit? And he was like, well, you don't realize is like, I just listed like six businesses or things that I'm into, but like, that's over 30 years. Yeah, like I didn't do like that's what I think is so intimidating to people is like, oh, this guy was on top model and this guy was a model and this guy did this company and this company. And it's like, yeah, he just fucking like went from one and then there was a 10 year gap and then he went to the next thing. And like Mm -hmm. it was all built on like just like learning things and just going for what he wanted to do. So it makes it more attainable when it's like, okay, I can build to this thing. And I think Mm -hmm. that's with print shops. That's something that a lot of new people have a hard time swallowing is they they look at these shops that have like six autos or something and they're like i have to get there tomorrow like yeah. i suck if i'm not there yet and it's like i've been doing upstate for 15 years and every day i'm like fuck i want to get to the next thing or i want to do the next thing or how do i get you know excel in this part of the industry or something and it's like 
you just never it never ends like you just be happy where you are now and eventually you'll get to where you want to be if you just work at it every day mm-hmm. yeah so final takeaways before you guys gotta leave oh, yeah. print hustlers is worth it i yeah i i say so and um they hinted at print hustlers for next year already um mm-hmm. rock and roll hall of fame yeah so that's pretty cool and it's more towards the east coast for other folks but i like when they were like all the ones we've normally done are in like nice big cities or something and it's like this like vacationy kind of thing and they're like you know we're going cleveland Cleveland. (laughs) my favorite is that they led with that they were like the next one will be at cleveland and we're like what i instantly thought and they were like uh what was that show we're fucking cleveland rocks true carry show yeah <laughs> i just i'm gonna dress like Mimi. Mm. i'm gonna do yeah. like sick blue eyeshadow and like make a big giant blonde wig hair do it. I don't well, know, but yeah, we've done two years so far and i'm excited to go to the next one like i'm excited to see what bruce and the maid dudes and whatever they come up with and Mm-hmm. yeah it's a really good event if you just want to get motivated and networking and motivation yeah, I would recommend going if you are newer to the industry and even if you're very experienced, because I mean, my other philosophy is you can just get inspired. So you never know what's going to trigger like a decision that will change your entire business. Like we're implementing things now that we learned last year and it's making huge differences. Yeah. And then, yeah, every year we meet someone new, someone influential. And plus, everyone there is very cool anyway. So you get to make friends and then like Christina was saying, you build a network and then you're like, Hey, I found this hack or like, I'm having trouble here. And everyone is so helpful. So it's a lot, it brings a lot more value than just what the conference is. Yeah. I think it's also good for people who are getting burnt out. Honestly, like a lot of people like I'm getting burnt out. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, get, take a trip away from the shop to something like print hustlers, get some inspiration, talk to people who are doing things differently and honestly, yeah. put a day or two on that trip too. You're already way out in Newport Beach. Like yeah. you're away from the shop will survive a day or two without you. Yeah. Like enjoy where you are. You already did the hard work of getting out there mm-hmm. and flying somewhere. Like enjoy, take a yeah. break, let the burnout die down, get inspired, get some rest and relaxation, and then go back ready to fucking do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Precisely. Ready, ready to fuck and do it. Yep. Yeah. Both. Yeah. I tried to and, that. And end. <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys coming on and doing this with us kind of last minute. Yeah. Um, sure. Awesome. Just, just glad seeing you guys. Hope to see you at the next thing. And yep. uh, enjoy the rest of your day and your meetings or wherever the hell you guys are going. Taking over the world. Yeah. yeah. We have a meeting with the murder bots. Yep. Um, Scuba diving. Put in a good word with the murder bots for us. Yeah, we'll do. Alright, you guys have a good day. Later. Bye. 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 Bye.